0: I can't move. Is everyone okay? Yeah, I'm great now that I know that Russians can't design elevators! I think we've clearly established that those buttons don't work. They're buttons, they have to do something. Yeah, if we had a key card. What? It's an electronic lock. Same as the loading dock door. If we don't have a key card, it won't operate, meaning. We're stuck in here. Yeah. Just so you nerds are aware. I'm supposed to be spending the night at Tina's, and Tina always covers for me. But if I'm not home for Uncle Jack's party tomorrow, and my mom finds out you three are responsible, she's gonna hunt you down one by one and slit your throat. I don't care about Tina or Uncle Jack's party. Your mom's not gonna be able to find us if we're dead in a Russian elevator. Hey, what if we climbed out? So, uh, where where did I leave off? Um, right, right, Stranger Things, um, oh boy, what do you say? What do you even say? Hello there, folks, and welcome to Stranger Danger, a Stranger Things podcast that I've just resurrected from the dead. If, um... You've been listening to the show for a while now, you will notice that it ended abruptly with a an episode um, in the third season, episode four, The Sauna Test. And then nothing happened. And there's no one really to blame but me. Me, timing. The, the amount of work that um, I was doing uh, for each episode, I was just kind of like, oh, you know what? I, I'll do that tomorrow. And then tomorrow turned into two days, turned into five days, turned into me kind of forgetting and always saying, I'll get back to it. I'll get back to it. I'll get back to it. Then thinking, you know what? I'll never get back to it. And then again saying, I'll get back to it. And here we are. It's it hasn't been a year. It's been almost a year. But I thought, you know what? I put this much time into the show. I can do four more episodes, get completely caught up, and then get ready for season four. I can do that. I want to do that. I love the show enough to want to do that. And I'm talking about Stranger Things. And yes, I love Stranger Danger too. It's just I neglected it. It's just neglect. There's nothing else I could say about it except that. But here I am, and I want to thank you. Thank you so much for listening, subscribing, downloading, sticking with me. If you're listening to this for the first time, if you're new, if you just subscribed, then you're like, what the hell is he talking about? Don't worry about it. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Stranger Danger, a Stranger Things podcast, and today I'm going to be talking about Season 3, Episode 5 of Stranger Things, The Flayed. But before I get into today's episode, let's take a moment to hear from today's sponsor. I don't even know if there was a sponsor. I just threw that break in there just in case. If you heard something great, if you didn't, hey, we're back. So let's get right into it. Season 3, Episode 5, The Flayed. This episode picks up with the gang over at the Starcourt Mall. Uh, that was the clip you heard right at the beginning Where we last left them Steve, Erica, Robin, and Dustin Were investigating what was being Locked away in that secret section Of the mall And why was it being guarded by armed guards As you heard in the opening We pick up where the room they're actually in Is an elevator And they're falling at an incredibly fast rate Where they, think they're, they all think they're going to die uh, They finally come to a stop And luckily they're okay I love it because Erica is pissed. She is pissed. Not that she's not afraid, or maybe this is her way of coping with it, but she is just pissed that she might be missing a birthday party. But uh, really, their major concern should be getting out alive. Uh, You know, Steve thinks, you know, who cares about going to a birthday party if we're all going to be dead? Uh, But luckily, Dustin spots a door to climb out of the top of the elevator, the hatch. He and Steve climb out of the top of the elevator and, uh, oh, geez. They look up and they realize, they look it looks like they are just miles and miles down. There's no way they're going to be climbing out. What I thought was interesting is that this moment in the episode where, in the last episode, where the elevator fell at such a speed, um, it was like 10 minutes left in the episode. So I don't know if we're doing, like, time jumping where... Now we're going back and catching up with them, or if they've been falling all this time. We cut over to Joyce and Hopper. They've been going from address to address, looking, um, trying to find the, the spot where some craziness could be going down. They're looking for clues, uh, and they pull up to this house that says Hess on the mailbox, and it definitely looks like there's someone living there. There's a truck outside that says Lynx L Y N X on it. They go into the house. You know, they got their flashlights going. Hopper's got his gun out. I love. I, I'm always a fan of holding the gun and then the flashlight on top of it with the arm. Like they do that on Supernatural sometimes, and it makes them. I don't know. They look. It looks cool. Um, if I was a cop at night, I would definitely do that. So they go in the house. It looks empty at first, but there's definitely. Something going on. There's electricity. You see a light on, but it's flickering. The lights are kind of flickering on and off. Um, uh, But there's definitely some sort of activity going on in the house. There's a buzz, and they try to figure out where the buzz is coming from. Joyce puts her head to the floor. She's like, it's definitely coming from downstairs. And while she's got her head down, she can see this, like, red glow that's coming from under a bed. It's a bed with a vent. What kind of bed has a vent? So, Uh, They actually lift it up, and you see that it's not just a bed. It's a door, and the bed leads to some sort of hidden basement. There's a stairway, uh, and there's definitely something strange going on down there. Meanwhile, outside in the Hess driveway, we see a motorcycle pull up, and we know it is that bad Russian dude. We're pretty sure it's that bad Russian dude, right, Uh, that Hopper had a run in previously. He seems to have tracked them down. Back in the basement, Joyce and Hopper, they've stumbled upon something. It looks like a lab, all kinds of machines going on. And they stumble upon these two guys working on something, and they're both speaking Russian. Hopper yells at them to put their hands in the air. Uh, He's from the Hawkins Police Department. And they just started talking to him in Russian, and he's yelling at them to speak English. Meanwhile, they hear footsteps upstairs. Someone upstairs. They know that the scary Russian guys found them. So he comes downstairs, and he's looking around. He's worried. He's got himself a machine gun. And he doesn't see anybody, doesn't see anything. All of a sudden, he hears some sort of muffled voice. Drop the gun. Drop it! You understand what I'm saying, big guy? Drop the weapon! or what? You going to shoot? Good. So you do understand what I'm saying, huh? And yeah, you don't put that thing away, I'm gonna blow some daylight into that thick skull of yours! No. You wouldn't do that. Why's that? Because you're a policeman. Policemen have rules. Oh, yeah. We'll test that theory. I'm gonna to count to three. One, two, three. Watch out, Hopper! Yeah, all of a sudden, just hell breaks loose. So Hopper, first of all, Hopper was going to pull the trigger. He did pull the trigger. That guy moved at the exact second that Hopper said he was gonna pull the trigger. Uh, that Terminator-looking dude, all hell broke loose. Hopper and the Russian guy start beating the hell out of each other. And at one point, Hopper's gun gets thrown to the side. And Hopper's like, uh-oh. Joyce goes and grabs it, and it was pretty funny. She's like, Hopper. She throws him the gun, and it th- throws it right by him, and it just slides right by him, right near the Russian guy. And luckily, they have time to hightail it the hell out of there. I feel like I say I've written down notes, and I said hightail it a lot. So if you hear me say it a lot, uh, it's because I wrote it down a lot in my notes. And yes, I take notes. Um, I don't read them exactly. Some of them I speak into my computer, so I'm trying to cut through some of the gibberish. Anyway, as I said, they hightail it the hell out of there. But before they do, they grab the other Russian guy, the guy that wasn't bound and gagged. Uh, They grab him. He's like, you're coming with me, Smirnov." That's what um, Hopper's calling him. And they're getting shot at and getting shot at, and they're running out of there. They run upstairs, th- slam that bed thing down, that secret contraption, hidden door bed. Then throw a dresser on top of it and run to the uh, to the truck. Get in the back. They get Joyce to start driving. They're like, "Come on, Joyce, drive, drive!" And the Russian guy is like sl- slamming himself against the door, slamming himself against the door. Finally, smashes his way out of the door, gets out of the gets out of the house and starts. Starts nailing them with a the machine gun, firing at them as they're driving away, glass breaking, gunshots into the car, ORV, bullet holes. That's from, uh, I'm not even going to tell you what that's from. If you don't know it, you should. Uh, and, but luckily, they escaped, uh, and then the Terminator guy just kind of stands there. And Hopper says to, um, to Joyce, still think it's our government? And that's when the opening credits of the show roll. we cut over and it's early morning at the buyer's house uh the phone is ringing and jonathan's asleep he doesn't answer it uh it stops for a moment and then it just keeps ringing again finally he gets up hello jonathan do you realize what time it is listen to me okay it's 6 a.m and uh i had a late night with fagan and the gang so uh i'm at the hospital with driscoll what? She's been sedated for a few hours, and the doctors are still running tests. Nancy, please tell me you're joking. It's not a joke. And yes, I know I'm insane, and irrational, and out of touch, but can you save your lecture because I really don't give a shit right now, I just... And you should you put me on the phone with your brother. What? Jonathan, please. Uh, he's not even here. Where is he? Is he safe? Why wouldn't he be safe? Nancy. Why wouldn't he be safe? You could see that Nancy is starting to put two and two together, and she's starting to realize that what is happening to Mrs. Driscoll is reminiscent to what was happening to Will. And now it's pretty important that they find Will and make sure Will is okay. We cut back over to the woods. Hopper, Joyce, and the Russian fella, they broke down. Because they got shot a lot. And apparently that um, isn't good for a car. Uh, while Hopper is working on the truck, Joyce is trying to communicate with the Russian. She's trying to explain the whole magnets thing to him uh, in English. Uh, but Hopper has no patience for that. He just wants to get the car started uh, with no luck. So he um, gets Joyce... To start the car, you know, keep trying, keep trying. All of a sudden, the Russian guy starts yelling, yelling, yelling. And Hopper's like, what do you want? And you can tell that it seems like he's genuinely trying to warn them. Hopper gets up and is like, what do you want? And the moment he walks away, like a spark flies right where... The hopper was, like a little fire starts up where it would have burned his face off. And Joyce is like, what, what, what? She jumps out of the car right before uh, it explodes and catches fire. And it wasn't like this giant Hollywood fireball. It was like, it seemed like a real realistic explosion. And um, so now they're stuck on foot, walking through the forest. Uh, Hopper, Joyce, and the Russian are walking through the forest. That's, um, I'm not going to tell you what it is. Maybe you know it, maybe you don't. Uh, So they're on foot. Uh, The two of them are walking, and they have um, the Russian fella in front of them in handcuffs, kind of, so they can keep an eye on him. And Hopper and Joyce are talking about Hopper's friend in Illinois uh, that he wants to get to. But Joyce is wondering if there's anyone at all in Indiana who can speak Russian, because there's no way they're going to be getting to this guy without a car. All of a sudden while they're all talking uh, they Everyone starts fading away First Joyce, the Russian guy And all of a sudden all we see is Hopper Walking in complete darkness He's in the void Now he doesn't realize he's in the void Because he. what we're actually seeing uh, Is through Eleven's eyes She's using her powers to find where Hopper is I found him Where is he? Woods. Woods? It's with Will's mom. My my mom? What are they doing? Illinois. They're going to Illinois. Bye, breakfast! Not now, Mom! Illinois? Illinois, like the state? The state of Illinois? Illinois. So after they find out where Joyce Ann Hopper is, um... Max goes in the bathroom with Eleven and helps her with her bloody nose, and you could see she almost has a look of guilt on her face when she looks at Eleven's uh, strangulation, whatever strangulation Um, from being strangled by Billy, Uh, but it really wasn't Billy. You know, Billy was possessed, Uh, but you could see a little bit about um, you could. I don't know. It just seemed like to me that Max seemed a little. Guilty in a way, almost like she felt bad. But it, and I could be just completely playing into this. But she asked her about the the marks, um, and she's like, "Does it hurt?" And Levin's like, "Only when I talk." Meanwhile, outside the bathroom, Will and Lucas and Mike, mostly Mike, are trying to um, trying to figure out what the hell is going on. Something's not right. I can't get Hopper off my back all summer. Now all of a sudden he's hiking with Will's mom to Illinois and Dustin's MIA too? I mean, this can't be a coincidence. What does it matter? The bottom line is they're not here. It's up to us. Up to us to do what exactly? Find Billy and stop him. Okay, yeah, that's a really nice sentiment, but even if El could find him again, and that's a pretty big if, then what? We burn the shit out of him and make sure he doesn't escape this time. Okay, then what? Then we win. No, see, that's the problem. We don't, we don't win. We got the Mind flare out of Will before and he just came right back. We don't just have to stop Billy, we have to stop the Mind flare. How in the hell do we do that? I don't know. Maybe Elle does. What are they still doing in there? I don't know. Girls just like hanging out in bathrooms. Why? I don't know. They're conspiring against me. That's what you're concerned about right now? It's not my main concern, it's just a sub-concern. I thought it was already over. It's not over, okay? We're just taking a break. She said she dumped your ass. That doesn't sound like a break. It wasn't. You guys do realize we can still hear everything you're saying, right? Conspiring. <laughs> I told you. They're conspiring. Not that Mom. I love the, like, three teenage boys trying to figure out, like, they're, they're doing a couple things. They're trying to figure out what's going on with uh, some of the adults. They're trying to figure out what to do with a monster. And they're also trying to figure out girls, all at the same time. And then all of a sudden, there is a knock at the door uh, of the basement door. Mike's like, not now, Mom, but it isn't his mom. It's Nancy and Jonathan. And I have to tell you, I love it when groups that are separate start coming together. I've se- I'm sure I've said this before in this show, but when there are separate pockets of groups that are doing kind of their own adventure, but are part of the bigger adventure, when those groups finally connect, um, I love it. Back with the elevator foursome uh, Dustin is trying to use his walkie On top of the elevator To try to get a code red out to the rest of the group He's like Russians have infiltrated them mall, And if we're caught they're going to kill us And Steve, I thought Steve was going to say Hey maybe cut out some of the kill us stuff But he's the one who said dead before What he actually said was hey Maybe you want to uh, conserve the battery a little bit You don't want to drain the battery um, And he comes up on the elevator And Dustin's like hey at least you got to spend the night with Robin. He's like, "Shut up! Don't don't talk about that." He's like, "I heard you guys talking all night." And then Steve kind of leans over, and starts taking a leak off the elevator, right at the top of the elevator, which he doesn't realize is um, coming into the elevator. Robin sees it, and instead of freaking out, she's just like, "Hey, can you redirect your stream, please?" Um, and while she sees that, she looks over and Erica is banging that canister of like lit up green goo that is to me I thought was plutonium um, could be kryptonite I don't know it's just anytime you see something bright green in a canister uh, in a chemical in the 80s you 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 think the worst. Um, but she's banging on this thing and she's like, what are you doing? She's like, I, I, you know, we can live without food for a while, but if we don't drink, we will die. She's like, you can't drink that stuff. She's like, listen, if it comes down to death or drinking this stuff, I drink. And at that moment, Robin actually hears someone's coming Two Russians show up on their little truck thing, uh, to get the stuff off the elevator. That must be their job. Um, one of them, it's funny when they're in there, one of us got a cigarette hanging out of his mouth and he's like, do you smell that? And it's all in Russian. He goes, it smells like piss. Uh, and so they, the, all four of the people are on top of the elevator standing perfectly still trying not to be heard. And when the guy, the guys leave the elevator, they start closing the door. Steve leaps into some Indiana Jones style action and slams the canister of the green goo perfectly under the door to, to prop the door up they get the hell out of there quickly and really just in time because right before they... right after they get out, that canister starts to give way. It shatters. The green goo goes everywhere and the door slams shut. Jesus Christ. You still want to drink that? Holy mother of God. Well... Hope you guys are in good shape. Looking at you, roast beef. Let's go, come on. So that green goo in the canister, it just, it was like acid. Like the fastest acting acid you could ever see. It just melted uh, directly into this like concrete floor. It melted part of the door and it melted part of the floor. Uh, And as they're dealing with that, Dustin turns around and sees... This hallway that just goes on and on and on and on. And there's only one direction they can go. And at first I thought Steve was kind of insulting Dustin by calling him roast beef. But then I noticed later that Dustin's shirt actually says roast beef on it. So I thought that was pretty funny. So they just start walking. Back in the buyer's basement, Nancy is explaining to all of them what happened to Mrs. Driscoll and how it was the same thing that happened to Will. And they realized that she was having her episode at pretty much the exact same time they were doing the sauna test. Um, So, what time was your sauna test? Around Around 9. Well, that proves it. That proves my theory. She's flayed, just like Billy. Flayed? The mind flayer. He flays people, takes over their mind. Once they do that, they basically become him. If there are two flayed, have to assume there are more. So Nancy's really starting to put the uh, pieces of the puzzle together and it's at this point that Eleven realizes that Heather from the pool has to be flayed too. Uh, she saw Billy doing something to her in the kind of void there and Heather seemed really, really scared. And at this point, Nancy and Jonathan are like, Tom! Because, you know, Tom's Heather's dad and Tom's the guy that they work for at the paper. So they all run outside and jump into uh, Nancy's station wagon. And I think it was kind of funny. I think it was Mike and Will that were the last to get in and had to sit in the way, way back. Back in the woods, we see the scary Russian guy. Uh, He's found Hopper's exploding truck. So he knows they can't be far. Somewhere deeper in the woods, Hopper, Joyce, and Alexi are walking together through the woods. Now, I don't recall where Alexi got his name. I I missed it. Maybe at some point he told Joyce. I completely, completely missed it. Um, maybe when I was taking notes, I don't know. Or maybe it happened off camera and I didn't hear it. I don't know. But... Uh, Hopper keeps wanting to call him Smirnoff And Joyce wants to call him Alexi Which is his name So they're bickering, they're arguing And that gives Alexi a moment to say Hey, I'm getting the hell out of here I get it, I get it, you're upset, right? Because I uh, blew up the car Yeah, with me in it well, I just want to remind you of something, Joyce. I am not a mechanic. Yeah, clearly. That's why you should listen to Alexi. Oh, right, yeah. Your new boyfriend, right? Yes, every man I talk to from now on has to be my boyfriend. Yeah, he does. He reminds me a little bit of a Russian Scott Clark. Oh, here we go. Maybe you should go on a date. I don't know, I'm thinking, like, Enzo's. Oh. Whoa. What? He's running. Ah. 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 Son of a bitch! So first, the, um... The argument that they were they were having. You can see that Hopper is just jealous. He's jealous that Joyce... Uh, I, I think he's mad because Joyce stood him up. And he's jealous of the time that she was with Mr. Clark during uh, the time when she was supposed to be with him. Uh, but that gave Alexi time to run off. But it's funny that he didn't... I thought, did he come to a cliff or something like that? No, he ran off and they ended up catching him. Uh, right as he found civilization in the in the uh, form of a 7-Eleven, and it it didn't seem like he was trying to, I don't know. It almost seemed like he was happy for all of them that he found it. He stopped. He's like he says something. I don't know what it was. And there's 7-Eleven. So they go into 7-Eleven. He's in handcuffs, and um, it's just funny visually. Uh, they get a um, Hopper gets a carton of cigarettes, some beef jerky, and some new Coke. If you don't know what new Coke is. Um, you. Everyone must know what New Coke is Now especially people of Stranger Things fans When they knew that they were uh, going to be releasing New Coke In time for Season 3 uh, If you know If you remember Coca-Cola Classic Do they still call it Coca-Cola Classic? Um, well Coke Classic was the original Coke flavor Then Coke decided to change the formula into New Coke And um, turns out nobody liked it So they returned to the classic Coca-Cola taste in Coca-Cola Classic, uh, which sold, uh, made sales go through the roof. It makes you think, did they do this whole thing just to to bring back Coca-Cola Classic and make it huge again? But that's neither here nor there. New Coke just has that feel of the 80s. Um, So I didn't notice this before, but while he was checking out uh, and the guy's like, are you a bounty hunter or something? He's like, I'm a cop. Uh, Hopper notices then that um, is using his hands to try to steal some of the Slurpee from the Slurpee machine. Uh, and then while uh, he's checking out, Hopper sees this perfect, perfect, stereotypical 80s yuppie show up in his little convertible. And Joyce, so Joyce is outside the little mini-mart uh, calling the wheelers to find out how Will's doing. And she's like, oh, they're all at the movies. So he thinks they're at the mov- um so Mrs. Wheeler thinks they're at the movies. Mrs. Byer thinks they're at the movies. Now that means they can go off and do whatever they want. That's how kids are in the 80s. You've got one fa- family believing one thing, one family believing the same thing. Or sometimes you'd say, we're staying over this person's house. Another person said, we're staying over this person's house. And then you, 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 you finagle ways to get out and do whatever you want. But while this is going on, they're covered. They think they're all at the movies. Hopper is leading Alexei out to the car. He's still in handcuffs. But now he has a Slurpee to enjoy, which I thought was pretty funny. So Hopper saw that he liked it, took care of him, got him a Slurpee. And they walk right up to that yuppie's car and just get in like they're going to take it. All right. All right. Hopper, come on, get in. Hey! 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 You hey! You hey! This is a police emergency, all right? I need to commandeer your vehicle. What? As long as there's a... What is your name, sir? Todd. Todd? Yeah, Todd. 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 Listen to me. That man in there, I know he doesn't look it, but he is one of the most dangerous men in the world. He's, uh, murdered many children. What? Yeah, he's a true psychopath. i tracked him over two state lines. What's going on? Ah, Detective Byers. Uh, this is Todd. He's agreed to... Lend us his vehicle to transport our dangerous criminal. Oh, yes, he's very dangerous uh, forger. Or... Yeah, uh, child murderer. Child murderer. We should really get going. Hey, how do I get my car back? You just call the station. What station? Ooh, I like the sound of that gun. Hey, what station? I love in that scene Hopper I'm pretty sure he called him Todd's Like plural at least three times I, I think at the end he finally called him Todd Um And what I don't understand Is what, Like how could Todd fall for that Even though We know he actually is From a police department And they can't be far, So it has to be you know a Hawkins Police Department you could have said that Um but instead, he just kind of did really bad improv um, with Joyce. And you got this dangerous child murderer there who looks like he's just sl- drinking a Slurpee and just has a sweet little look on his face, which I thought was pretty funny. Uh, but the highlight of that was him calling him Todd's, I think, two or three times. But hey, now they have a way to get to Illinois. Back over at the mall, the Starcourt Four, Dustin, Erica, Robin, and Steve have been walking and walking and walking down that long hallway. Dustin thinks that the place is actually a, a quite the feat of engineering. And Steve is like, is, what are you talking about? This is completely a fire hazard. There's only one way in, one way out. There's, there's no exits. And Robin figures that it is uh, never meant to be walked. Uh... And actually her and Dustin seemed to get along because she was, she kind of, um, she seems to talk geeky stuff. She seems to know comic book stuff, which I thought was, was uh, pretty funny. Um, And they're trying to figure with all this stuff going on, something has to be being built. Maybe it's a nuclear weapon or some kind something nuclear. And Robin is like, yeah, but Hawkins, Indiana, why Hawkins? And it's at this point, the girls keep walking, and that's when the guys stop and uh, look at each other and they're like, hmm. I mean, Hawkins. Seriously, of all places. At the very best, or a toilet stop on your way to Disneyland, but maybe that's it. Maybe it's our very... Do you think the Russians know about uh, they could. So it's connected, maybe? How? I don't know, but it's possible. I'm sorry, is there something you two would like to share with the class? You know, I forgot with everything going on that not everybody, not all the kids, know about the Demogorgon, the Mind Flayer, uh, the the Upside Down, or the Gate. You know, they're the um, Robin and Erica have no idea about any of that stuff, and you know, Steve and Dustin are like, mm. but before they have a chance to. Um, Tell them anything else All of a sudden The walkie-talkie Starts picking up Rushing And they translate it Uh, It's that A trip to China Would be nice If you tread lightly Which is the code And they know That if They can get the code The code needs to be Sent up to the mall That means They're getting close They're getting a signal They must be getting close To uh, Civilization So we jump over to the rest of the kids as they show up at Heather's house. They ring the doorbell a couple times, but nobody answers. So they kind of, they look at 11, and uh, she just gives a look like, yep, and uses her powers to pop the door open. Uh, there, Nobody seems to be answering the call, and Max is like, it is freezing in here. Uh, and they're like, you smell that? Do you smell that? They go into the um into the kitchen and they see a refrigerator knocked over and all these cleaning chemicals all over the place. Uh, And from what they can tell, they seem to be eating all the chemicals and they're like, yeah, but Will didn't eat chemicals when he was going through this. So this is definitely different. And remember these kids are smart and they're like into nerdy things. And they remember that Mr. Clark said when you combine chemicals, maybe they're trying to make something. So when you combine chemicals, you're trying to make something. You're trying to make something new. And maybe they're trying to make something new in the people. The house looks pretty messy. Like there's, you know, stuff kind of not kept up. The dinner table is full. Like people were just there eating and then all of a sudden not there. They were out of there in a hurry. They found um, some blood on the rug. And a, a a bloody wine bottle, and that's when they remembered that um, they're figuring that Tom uh, Heather's dad must have been attacked because they remembered seeing him with a bandage on his head the last time he spoke to them at work, uh, and they then they see some rope, and they figured they must have got tied up and taken somewhere, and Nancy, who I have to say. Nancy's kind of her, um, her journalistic instinct is really um, shining like she is really the one who is figuring this all out and I'm not sure I picked up on that the first time uh, but Nancy definitely has a theory of what's going on Mrs. Driscoll she kept saying I have to go back what if the flaying it's taking place somewhere else There must be a place where all this started, right? A source. Somewhere he didn't want me to see. If we can find the source, then maybe we can stop him. Or at least stop it from spreading or doing whatever the hell he's doing with those chemicals. How do we find it? Mrs. Driscoll. If she wants to go back so badly, why don't we let her? All right, so the kids have a plan. Go to the hospital find Mrs. Driscoll, and basically use her as kind of a tracker to find out where Billy's headquarters is, to find out where the Mind Flayers headquarters is. So back at the edge of the woods, the Russian guy comes out at the same spot where they came out, and he sees the 7-Eleven, and he notices some sort of commotion going on over there with a guy talking to some cops. And he goes into the 7 Eleven and he starts um, talking to the guy behind the counter, Ricky. Uh, Poor Ricky, he didn't deserve this. Um, And he's like, Yeah, some psycho took that guy's car. And uh, he takes, he's like, Tell me about him. And he takes um, his head and he slams it on the counter because he wants as much information as he can get about the man who took the car. Speaking of that man who took the car, we cut over to Hopper, Joyce, and Alexi as they pull into Murray Bauman's place. Everybody loves Murray, right? Uh, they they show up. They go to the door. He wants them facing the camera. He gives them the third degree over an in intercom because he wants them to state who they are. And they're like, Alexi. He's like, what's his last name? They don't know it. Uh, and he's like, I want the last name. He's like, just open the damn door. And he's they you know Joyce is like are you sure about this guy and Harper's like oh he's harmless they open the door and he's got a shotgun shoved right in Alexi's face now Alexi thinks in a weird way he thinks he's he, he doesn't panic but he says it almost like he's trying to talk the guy down like he's trying to be like please you know I'm uh, please 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 but what he actually says to um to Murray is Get that out of my face, you bald American pig. But, of course, they're there because Murray speaks Russian. Now, he doesn't know why they're there because he doesn't speak English. So uh, they're there, and Murray looks right at him and says, I may be bald, but you're the one in handcuffs, Soviet scum which I thought was pretty funny. Uh, He does let them in, uh, but once he lets them in, he takes out this weird-looking contraption that kind of looks like a metal detector that you'd see at the beach, but on steroids, all kinds of wires on it, and he starts to scan what he thinks is an enemy of the state. How long is this going to take? Because I... No, No. No, 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 no. You do not get to question me. You have dragged an enemy of the state into my home as carelessly as a child drags in shit on his shoe. I will search him until I am satisfied. Joyce is, takes Hopper in the other room and she's like, this isn't going to work. He's crazy. And Murray yells at them to stop talking. And Joyce just has had enough. She goes off on him about everything that they went through to that day to get Alexei to him because he could speak Russian. So he needs to put that scanning thing away and figure out why the hell her magnets keep falling off her fridge. We cut back to the Underground 4, and they're sneaking around um, as they're getting closer to, I guess, the main offices of this place, this underground bunker. Uh like a lab, all kinds of people, all kinds of hustle and bustle going around, uh, and all kinds of Russian speaking and talking, and they're just, like, freaking out, and Dustin's like, it's like Red Dawn. And somehow Erica spotted what she thinks is the comms room. She's like, I think I spotted the comms room uh, because that kid's smart and seems to be paying attention to things. It had all kinds of uh, electronics in it. So they take a chance. They have nothing else to do, so they take a chance, and they sneak into this room, um, and they they finally get into what they this room because they want to find a radio to get out, and they sneak in really quietly, and they close the door behind them, and they turn around. The room's not empty, and this guy gets up, and the guy like looks like he's about to reach for his gun, and then Robin, like, really tries to talk to him, and starts speaking Russian to him, but it's pretty hilarious because. All she's saying, all she's repeating, are the words that she learned from the code. So she talks about China and the cat, and like she just keeps saying um, the this the word, the only words she knows. And the guy's like, "Huh?" And so then he really starts reaching for his side, and Steve just attacks. He's like, "Ah!" And he just runs and slams into the guy, and they start fighting and beating up each other. And wouldn't you know it, dude? You did it! You wanna fight. I think that's awesome because you feel like the fans have noticed that Steve uh, has got his ass kicked uh, multiple times. In season one, Jonathan beats his ass. Season two, Billy kicks his ass, and now finally Steve wins a fight. And they—they, they, I think, obviously the the uh, Dustin noticed it too, and he calls it out, which I thought uh, was pretty great. So he reaches for the guy's key card. Uh, and, and at that point Erica's like What are you doing? He's like I'm, He tries to get the key card Erica starts arguing About what they should do next She wants to find the radio And he just wants to get The hell out of there uh, Meanwhile Robin notices There's a stairway And there's some weird gl- Blue glowy stuff going on So she goes up And she's like uh, Guys uh, There's something up here So she gets them They all go up And you see them Looking through this door, and they're all bla- like bathed in this bluish glow, and you first you just see their reaction like what the hell is this? And they've discovered this giant machine. And it look like a giant laser cannon shooting into what appears to be uh, another rip rupture in I don't know universes. It looks like they're trying to open another gate. Guys, don't you ever learn? Not a good idea. So we jump over to what I believe is the last set piece of this episode, the hospital. Uh, the gang is all there to try to go see Mrs. Driscoll. They try to sneak past the nurse uh, at the front desk. She's like, what, what are you, who are you? What is all this? They go, this is my family. And Lucas is like, extended Uh, which I thought was pretty funny. And she's like, nope, only two visitors allowed. So looks like it's just going to be Nancy and Jonathan heading up alone. Uh, In the elevator, they had a few moments to talk about kind of their fight, their disagreement, and they had a chance to make up. uh, And Jonathan, of course, admitted he was completely wrong. And I thought that was just a nice moment. It's... The thing I like so much about this show is that it does take time to have these nice little character moments uh, surrounded by all the insanity and all the, um, yeah, all the insanity. I mean, what else are we going to call it? Uh, Downstairs in the hospital, Mike and Lucas are at a vending machine, and the Kit Kat they were trying to buy got stuck. So they're like, come on. And all of a sudden, boom, all the candy pops off. And Eleven uses her powers to, to give them a bunch of stuff. And Lucas is like, okay, okay. She thinks that's Eleven's way of um, giving an olive branch to Mike. Like maybe she does want to um, talk with him or does want to be friendly with him. So he's like, I'll distract Max. Uh, give you a chance to talk. Now back upstairs, um, things are eerily quiet. There, um, there's some paperwork on the ground and Jonathan and Nancy go into the room, but Mrs. Driscoll is not there. Where is she? I don't know. Are you sure this is the right room? Yeah. She's gone home. We were hoping you might come back. Blood is that? Tom, whatever you've done, it's not you. He's making you do this. Down. Go, go, go! For the remainder of this episode, I'm going to refer to Jake Busey's character. As Jake Busey, because I do not remember his character's name. So Nancy and Jonathan go into the room. Mrs. Driscoll isn't there. All of a sudden, Tom and Jake Busey show up, and they attack. Uh, Meanwhile, downstairs, you know, while that craziness is going on, we get another quiet moment, which is kind of funny. We go from, oh, crap, this is happening, to downstairs, you know, Mike and Eleven have a nice moment together. Mike offers her some M&M's. Uh, she smiles he compliments her on her new look and everything seems to be good and nice downstairs upstairs all hell's broken loose nancy and jonathan are running through the halls getting chased you're seeing there are dead bodies of doctors and nurses everywhere they are running through different rooms trying to get somewhere they finally find a room close the door lock themselves in it there's a there's a uh, phone on the wall Nancy goes to pick it up She starts calling down to the nurse downstairs And the nurse is using the phone She's talking to someone And she is not picking Come up, pick up. Nancy. Oh ah! So at this point They're in the room Nobody is answering the phone They think they're safe but nope There's a slamming of glass And there's Jake Busey on the other end And he just opens the door up and he's like, "I'm here for you, Nancy Drew." And Jonathan goes to try to fight him. No luck. I mean, he gets tossed aside like nothing. Uh, John—he's thrown through the through the air, slammed on the ground. Jake Busey goes and picks up a stool, and he's about to slam down, slams down hard on him, and like you think he's going to kill this guy. I mean, he is ready to take this this um, this metal stool. And just smash him, and then all of a sudden Nancy comes up with scissors and stabs him right in the back. And Jake Busey's like, But like he's not bleeding red; he's bleeding black, which is pretty gross. All of a sudden his head, all of a sudden his face looks even puffier and puffier, and he is just he looks he looks bad. I'm gonna say this. So she starts coming, she starts running out. He avoids Jonathan altogether and just comes straight for Nancy. Really slow, too. He's just kind of scarily walking. Nancy, Nancy. She grabs a fire extinguisher because Nancy is brilliant in this episode. She does everything right. Um, at this point, I love this, this, is like play-by-play. Uh, Jonathan's about to stand up from the, use the stool to stand up, and it gets kicked out from under him. And who's there? It's Tom. Tom kicks the, kicks the stool out from under him. Now he's there to kick ass. So we got... Tom beating the crap out of Jonathan. We got Jake Busey stalking um, Nancy. You know, he's like it. It's like two different things. He's going in really slow, and he's like, "I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna kill you. I'm coming for you, Nancy Drew." He looks behind a curtain. Nothing. Looks behind another curtain. Nothing. And meanwhile, Jonathan is just getting destroyed. Tom throws him across the room. Um, Now, of course, he throws him right near the scissors. Jake Busey still can't find um, uh, Nancy. Uh, Tom takes Jonathan, takes the scissors, and smashes Jonathan's head into the ground. Meanwhile, Jake Busey still playing a creepy version of Marco Polo. Marco Polo! And really, the hero of this episode, Nancy, jumps out with the fire extinguisher, smashes Jake Busey right in the face. Now, what's interesting is that they're connected. So when she smashes Jake Busey, Tom was about to stab Jonathan. He feels it. And he flies back and he drops the scissors and gives uh, Jonathan a chance to get up. Meanwhile, Nancy is beating Jake Busey over and over again with the fire extinguisher until finally... Go. To- In perfect synchronicity, uh, Nancy smashes Jake Busey one final time, crushing his face... At the same time, Jonathan takes the scissors and stabs them directly into Tom's neck. And they're dead and everyone's saved and everything's perfect, right? Wrong. You see, now the lights really start to flicker. uh, And to the point where downstairs... You know, uh, Max and Lucas are talking about one thing and Mike and Eleven are talking about something else, but it's Will who notices what the hell's going on. Will f- notices the flickering and knows that something is up here. This is when it gets weird, gross, very strange, and very awesome. Uh, So, Jake Busey and Tom just, they start shaking, 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 and they start kind of melting, disintegrating, turning into um, uh, formerly human goo, I guess you could say. And not just goo, but traveling goo. It reminded me of the time the rat died in the Driscoll basement. So, the Jake Busey goo starts seeping out and traveling down the hall. The Tom goo starts seeping out and traveling down the hall. and they're traveling towards each other slowly. And Nancy's following the Jake Busey goo and Tom and Jonathan's looking out at the Tom goo and it's like And it's like they're slowly traveling towards each other. They seem to be all of a sudden meeting, joining, creating something becoming larger and larger and on one end Nancy sees it on another end Jonathan sees it and all of a sudden things get dark and quiet and then there's a giant monster and that's how it ends that's how Chapter 5 of Season 3, The Flayed, comes to an end. Whew. So what I like to do at the end of each episode is just kind of think back at what we've learned in this episode. So first of all, we know for sure that Russians are involved. Somehow this Russian, um, this bad Russian, uh, ...is also involved with the mayor of the town. We, we've seen him uh, previously. And now he's after Hopper and Joyce... ...because Hopper and Joyce... ...seem to be on the trail of what's really going on with the Russians. Um, they Not only have they found a base... ...but they also found a Russian, uh, Alexei. And they have him with, him with them now. So hopefully they could use him to get some information... It took a while for them to get there. They had to uh, have an exploding car. Then they had to stop for some new Coke and commandeer uh, some yuppies car. And then they had to get um, the third degree from Murray uh, and get some sort of contraption on Alexi. But luckily, Joyce yelled right at him to uh, just, you know, why we're here. And she's not going to take any of his BS. So we've ended with Joyce. Hopper and Alexei with Murray They're going to try to figure out What the Russians are doing They're going to try to see What they can get out of Alexei That's where they've ended Now we have our underground group Uh, We started with them Falling in the elevator They got out of the elevator Uh, First they were Okay wait They fell through the elevator Then they're stuck in the elevator They look up, up On the ceiling of the elevator They pee off the ceiling Of the elevator they try to drink some green goo. They, um, then they smash a green goo while get finally escaping the elevator, and the green goo melts um, through the concrete floor. But that goo is not the grossest goo. And it's not the t- last time I will use goo in this recap. Then they take off for a long walk and down a long hall. Um, that's where Robin mentions why Hawkins, And Steve and uh, Dustin think they know why, but they didn't get a chance to tell Robin and Erica because they got close enough to find the Russians in their main base area, and then they were able to get into the comms room. Steve actually won a fight. And then they realize that they found a drill, a giant drill. This whole thing is leading to a giant drill trying to open a gate. And I think that's where we left them, still looking at the gate. So still not sure how they're going to get out yet. And then we have our other group of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Uh, they finally get together. So it starts with Nancy and Jonathan reconnecting over the phone because Nancy figured out everything going on. Um, Jonathan apologizes to her. They need to find Will, so they go over to the buyer's house where they see Max, Lucas, Mike, and Will, and that's where they put together the connection that Mrs. Driscoll was having her episode the same time that they were doing the sauna test, and... They realize that if there are two, there may be others And that's where Eleven thinks, well, I think that it could be um, Heather So they go to Heather's house They find there's definitely been some sort of struggle And some blood and some rope So they think, well, maybe um, they took them someplace And Nancy remembers that Mrs. Driscoll wanted to get back someplace So they said, why don't we let her get back And we'll find them that way Uh, Because these young adventurers are not afraid to fight monsters. I would be uh, frightened. So then they um, head to the hospital where they go to find Mrs. Driscoll. Now, the nurse will only let the two of them upstairs. So in that time, Jonathan and Nancy have a nice moment. Downstairs, Mike and Eleven seem to have made up. Um, But upstairs is where we start to see uh, all hell break loose. Because Mrs. Driscoll isn't there But Tom and Jake Busey are there And they've killed everyone up there And they're trying to kill Nancy and Jonathan But Nancy and Jonathan Get the upper hand on them Smash their faces Stab their necks And they're both dead And now they turn into Bags of goo That then melt And join each other And Will knows Something is up But he doesn't know Exactly what's going on While upstairs nancy and jonathan see the two oozy goozy guys join to make a giant monster and that's where the episode ends i think i just did the complete recap um uh again but that was just kind of trying to figure out where we stand so where we stand is they're in the hospital and they need to get the hell out of there uh i think i think that's it i think i've covered everything So I want to give a massive thank you to uh, anyone who's listening to this because the fact that I have waited so damn long, so terribly long, long to do another episode, shame on me because at least I'm noticing that people are finding the show and people are still giving the show a try. So, if, if if you guys are willing to give the show a try, damn it, I should be willing to give this show a try, too. So, we're back. We're back. We got three more episodes, and then we are completely caught up. And um, I'm going to try to get this next episode out pretty quickly, too, because June's going to be a very busy, busy month for me. Um I want to tell you a couple other things that I do. So while I wasn't doing this podcast, I was doing other podcasts, I have to admit. Now the other podcasts I do don't take really much prep. It's turn on and talk. There's no clips, there's no notes. I just try to remember things. Um, There's a podcast I do called Mikey's Watching. It's a weekly podcast. Uh, It originated as a Mad Men podcast where I watched every episode of Mad Men. And now I'm watching every episode of Deadwood. So that's available now at fanslineexperts.com. There's also June is right around the corner. And June is movie month at Fansline Experts where every day in June, I watch a movie and I do a podcast. So in June, there will be 30 podcasts, about 30 movies in 30 days. And that's part of the Geek Mentality Podcast, also available at fanslineexperts.com. So I will be putting out 30 podcasts movie podcasts, I will be putting out four Deadwood podcasts that month based on how many Fridays or Saturdays there are in a month. And at the same time, you will be getting the rest of Stranger Danger. That I promise you. And uh, when have I ever uh, let you down before? Right, right, right. So I want to thank you very much. Now, listen, you can find me on Twitter. My Twitter handle is at geek mentality that's the best way to find me that's the best way to complain and tell me what i missed on the show and tell me what a crappy podcaster i am and how how um how how bad it was for me to wait this long to do another show but you know what i'm the first one to say it i'm projecting because i should be looking uh i'm looking at myself in the mirror um you know that's where i started i started with the man in the mirror i'm asking him to find a way But no message could be any clearer. If you want to give the world uh, a better chance, is that what it is? Take a look at yourself and make that change. Something like that. Um, Yeah. Now, the show has a Twitter account, too, that um, is very rarely used. It's at StrangerDpod because that was the best I could come up with. So the Stranger Danger podcast Twitter account is Stranger StrangerDpod. You can find me on Twitter at Geek Mentality. And, of course, everything that we do is available at the website, fansnotexperts.com. And until next time, and there will be a next time, thank you so much for listening. And beware the goo monster in the hospital. Fans, not experts.